I was walking around with my eyes halfway out of my head, like, oh, this looks humongous. And she's like, you know, Danielle, we just needed to throw you around these courses when you were like 16 and you didn't know any better. You know too much now. (laughs) She was like, and it all goes back to that ignorance is bliss, right? Like I wouldn't have known. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. It's all about the Mars Marilyn Five Star at Fairhill, presented by Brown Advisory, Karen. And one great thing about the Marilyn Five Star is the shopping. So when people are shopping and they're looking for their favorite grooming products, the best grooming products, where would they go? There's only one place, and that is Main and Tail. Yep. So the Main and Tail booth is, has the Straight Arrow family of products, which, as everyone who listens to the show knows, that is Exhibitors Products, Cowboy Magic, and Main and Tail. Right, Karen? Yeah, the best. They carry it all. So between those three brands, they have everything for all of your horse's grooming needs. And they usually have a little bit of stuff for people, too, Karen. They sure do. Yeah. So um, they're going to be... We're having all types of great events at their booth. Follow their social medias. That's Main and Tail, Exhibitors, and Cowboy Magic. And follow ours, Major League Eventing. Yeah, so follow our social medias. We're going to be promoting and highlighting everything that they're going to be having. So make sure that you follow there. And then we will see you at the Main and Tail booth, the Exhibitors booth, and the and Cowboy, Cowboy Magic. Magic. Yep. So we will see you there, everybody. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there. Mm -hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. TripleCrownFeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. TripleCrownFeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. It's that time of year where we think about blanketing our horses, and there's only one blanket to choose, and that's turtleneck. Yeah, and our off-track thoroughbred Freddy is nice and dry and warm with his rain turtle with the liner. Yeah. So, for you to check out Turtleneck, you can go to turtleneck.biz. You'll learn all about the sizing and temperature guidelines, and you can purchase your turtleneck blanket right there on turtleneck.biz. You all know how much I love my Fairfax and favorite boots, and if you were thinking about getting yourself a pair but wanted to try them on first... Stop by the Hound and Hair booth at the Maryland Five Star and meet our friends Hannah from Fairfax and Favor and Amy and Eric from Hound and Hair. Yeah, they are wonderful, wonderful people and they bring such an amazing selection of Fairfax and Favor boots and accessories and other products, right, Karen? Oh, they sure do. Yeah. So you can pre-shop a little bit. You can go to fairfaxandfavor.com and and look around and see see what they have so you know what you're looking for when you get there. Yeah, and also... Last year we gave a pair, gave away a pair of the Regina boots. 
And this year, big surprise, we're going to have another giveaway. So make sure you follow Major League Eventing social media. Yeah, so that's very exciting. So, and Major League Eventing social media all weekend long at the Miranda Five Star is going to be covering any special events and other giveaways that they're going to be having at the Hammond Hair Booth. So be sure to keep an eye on that social media channels. And also, thank you to Fairfax and Favor for sponsoring prizes for the winner of the Maryland Corgi Cup. The winner owner is going to get a Fairfax and Favor bill. And their pup, the Corgi winner, the champion, is going to get a Fairfax and Favor dog collar. So, again, check that stuff out because it is amazing products. So thank you so much, Fairfax and Favor, for donating those prizes. Trish Scott's got us covered and she can cover you. Trish is on with us to talk about equine mortality and medical coverages, which there's a lot of changes, Trish. So tell us what's going on in the industry right now and how can you help people? Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on in the equine mortality medical coverage right now. And I just wanted to put the word out there that we don't have to be afraid. Changes are coming, but um, I can certainly take care of, you know, whatever, you know, whatever questions, concerns, you know, our, our vendors have. Um, right now, the biggest one is Great American is not offering any medical coverage to any renewals or new business. But And the thing is with our venters, they're the, one of the top three rated horses for, um, you know, for mortality. So it's a very unique breed of animal, very unique training. So we need to make sure that your policy is covered. Um, I have access to some of the top rated carriers right now. They are all offering full mortality, medical, surgical, any coverage is needed for our vendors. Don't worry about it. Just give me a call. I'd be more than happy to walk through your current policy and make sure that your renewal is covering your horse. Not a problem. Just give me a call. I'm always available. 484-319-8923. This episode is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. If you're at the Maryland Five Star this weekend, we would like to invite you to the Red and Goat Equestrian Tailgate, located at Sawmill D. Tell them Rob and Karen from Major League Eventing sent you. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. Yes, very excited. So she is not only an advanced rider, but uh, we found out she is from our area and actually went to school with our oldest son. Yeah, that's So cool. welcome to the show, Danielle Polson. hey Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're super yeah. excited too. We're, we're all from the same neighborhood. I knew you were from the same neighborhood. We'll get into more of that, but like, I didn't realize that she actually went to school with Robbie. I thought yeah. she was older yeah. than our son, Robbie. So yeah. We didn't actually like know each other in school, but, but yeah, we went to school at the same time. I think like my sisters, so my sisters are three years older than me and they're twins. So we were all kind of in school at the same time with Robbie in the middle of kind of our age groups. So how about ah, that? Very cool. Yeah, it is. Small world. Very small well, world. We got to get into that too. Cause we, while, while we're so close to the fire, and we'll talk about this more, but while we're so close to fair Hill, really, you would think living like right at fair Hill, there would be a ton of people right in our neighborhood that event, but there really is not. Like, right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. It yeah, is interesting. It Everyone's is. in Chester County and all this, but like local people born and raised here, they kind of pony clubs big and all that. And then people don't go in to be professionals from here. Yeah. It's weird, but move away to Virginia. So awesome. Well, let's get this thing. Yeah. Off so Danielle, uh, you're coming to us via zoom, but can you tell us exactly where you're coming to us from? Um, I'm in Bunker Hill, West Virginia, which is where I live. And um, my farm is in Boyce, Virginia. Um, and I just moved to Long Branch Stables, which is in um, Boyce, like I said. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, we've been there for about two months now. So 
Very cool. Is Long Branch right. your own place or is that a, like a play by place where you just. No, somewhere? it's actually um, a historical farm and they do weddings and they do retired horses. Um, and it's a 400 acre property. It's absolutely stunning, like the best view of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I have um, my farm is set on about 25 acres, right? Right. Kind of in the middle of it. And we have 400 acres to ride on and it's amazing. Another, <laughs> I'm very excited to be there. Yeah. Another Rise of Sun person just flew to coop. Left. <laughs> <laughs> left that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> but I love Fair Hill. That's like my heart, but um, yes. no, Virginia is like home now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. So Danielle, can you take us back and tell us your story about how you got your start in riding all, and then um, into eventing? Yeah, of course. Um, so I moved just like three miles down the road from Fairhill International. Um, when I was young, my parents bought a horse farm. Um, and it was actually an old cow farm. My dad works in construction. So he kind of gutted the whole thing, made it a nice little 12 star stall barn, um, only on about 12 acres. Um, but just down Telegraph Road, I know you guys know where, right where that is. Um, and so... I kind of got to grow up there and it was absolutely magical. And um, <laughs> my mom got into this sale business a little bit. Like we ran the boarding stables, but um, she started doing this where she'd go to the auction and she'd pick up five ponies for a thousand bucks or whatever, bring them home, throw me on them, get some videos um, and then resell them for whatever, 3000 to 6000 in a month. And just turn them all over and and made a good profit doing it. You know, you don't have the horses for very long. They're all ponies, easy to keep. Um, nice little side business on top of the boarding business that she was running. So um, that's kind of like my first introduction to sales, which is big. What I do now is, is mostly sales and training. Um, so while I was there, we had a couple other girls that boarded, you know, great location close to all the big trainers and um Danny Warrington would come to the barn and teach um once maybe twice a week my mom would ride with him and the, and the girls would and I'd kind of sneak around the corner and watch some lessons but I wasn't really allowed to ride with him um so finally I got to you know take take a lesson with them and it was terrible I rode my mom's big giant 17 two-hand dressage horse and I was you know a little kid and I couldn't stare him I couldn't stop him he was screaming it was horrible and I remember I got off and I went into the barn and I was like and I'd like to ride with him again <laughs> and my mom was just like okay I guess we're we're stuck doing this now um and she worked with a, a business partner she started doing a couple resales on thoroughbreds as well um and I got I through that business partner, she got um, a really lovely four-year-old, very quiet, nice, beautiful black horse. Um, and she had me go out and ride it. And um, I had like Nike shorts on and purple half chaps. And I'm up on this gangly four-year-old. I couldn't steer it. I couldn't stop it. I'm just flying around our, our little arena at home. Um, and I pull up in the middle of the ring and she's like, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of work. What do you think? And I was like, I think I want him. <laughs> so she, um, you know, paid whatever $1,200 to pay, to 
get him paid out from her business partner to have him for me. Um, and that actually ended up being my first three-star horse. Um, and I owned him for 10 years. And um, with, you know, Danny Warrington, he took me right under his wing with that horse. Um, he, I think, put like two weeks of training onto him, which was all we could afford at the time, really. Um, but I took two lessons a week for a long time. And then when I was about 15, I think I was young. Um, they used to go to Texas in the, over the winter. So instead of Florida or Aiken, they'd go to Texas for several months. Um, and he ran a great business there. And, um, so I got the opportunity to go as a working student and do that. And I was, like I said, I was only 15. So I had to get, um, the school to let me leave for that long. And luckily they said I had enough credits that I could just leave for five months and come back and pick up where I left off, which is crazy. <laughs> so that was my, what, sophomore year of high school, I think. Um, I went and did that and just completely moved. I didn't know Danny and Kelly that well. Um, I didn't know anybody. I moved to a whole new place with, I lived in a camper, um, <laughs> but I just absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, got a really great start with that horse. And then when, when I came home, I was like, there's no way I can do this out of the farm that I've been trying to do this out of. And, um, unfortunately I also had some stuff going on at home at the time. So I was really burying myself in the barn and, and in the horses to kind of keep my head busy. Um, which was great for me, you know, to have that kind of outlet to go to. Um, so yeah, by the time I got back, I did that for my junior and senior year of high school. I was there in Texas over the winter. And then I came back and I was at Danny's barn in the summer. Um, and talk about a tough barn to grow up in. He is very, very tough to work with, but I am so grateful for that because as a kid that really came up with no money and no way to do it, I needed to learn how hard it was going to be. <laughs> and if I had what it took, you know, um, and there was a lot of doubt in there, <laughs> but, you know, eventually we, we got it together and, and pulled through luckily. Um, so uh, when I came back from Texas the second uh, winter, um, I kind of had to talk with my parents and I was 17 and I was like, uh, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to keep working and, and this is what I'm going to do. And it's what I want to do with my life. It's what I've always wanted to do. Um, and they were like, that's fine. Good dandy, but figure it out on your own. We're cut. No, no help. Wow. <laughs> so I was 17. I went and lived at Danny's, lived in a camper. Um, I worked some waitressing jobs. I was clipping horses, anything I could do just to, to make it happen. Um, if I was ever in a real pinch, I did have, I, you know, I could call my parents and they would help me, but, but it was really, really hard. Um, but saying all that super grateful for that opportunity, because I really learned how to run a business, which is so missed by a lot of young people in the sport. They learn the how to ride, but they don't learn how to run a business. And for me, even when I was, you know, 
seven, eight years old, getting on these ponies that my mom brought home from the auction, I was learning how to run a business without even really knowing. Um, so that was kind of my experience with, with Danny and everything. Um, and then he was kind of like, well, if you want to ride with the big dogs, you got to ride with the big dogs, Daniel, get out of here. <laughs> um, and I worked a couple, like I worked at a little pony farm for a while and did that. And that was fun. But, um, then I got linked up with, uh, Sarah and Brian Murphy in Berryville, Virginia, which is just you know, 20 minutes from where I am now. Um, and I worked for Sarah for four years, um, mostly like in a working student groom riding position, like basically all the jobs. <laughs> and that was, um, that was amazing. Um, I got so many opportunities from that. That was my first trip overseas was with her and Rubens. We went to Mill Street um, and that was such a great experience and in, in getting to fly with the horse and and do all those things. I'd never even been out of the country before. So that was, that was big for me. Um, and then I ended up selling my black horse, which was the, the thoroughbred that I had brought up to the levels. He kind of shut down when I tried to take him in advance because I had no business taking him advance. He was maxed out at the three-star level and he was just a good boy, but definitely shouldn't have, shouldn't have been even trying. Um, but he was a lovely, lovely horse. And, um, so I had sold him to a kid and, um, it was actually right after we got back from mill street, we were planning to reroute and take the horse to Poe, um, with Sarah. And, um, she ended up breaking her knee at, um, a competition at home, riding a horse in a preliminary event, um, and she got kicked while she was on the horse. She got kicked by another horse in her knee and she did the entire dressage test. And then she gets off at the end and she can't stand up. And her knee was like really, really broken. Not just a little broken. Like, I mean, six weeks of bed rest. Oh. There's no surgery you can do. You're broken. Um, and that was just devastating for all of us because we'd worked so hard to get the horse, you know, overseas to Ireland and, and, headed toward Poe. And, um, that was just, you know, the worst of times, but for me, I got to pick up a couple rides on some very cool horses while she was laid up. And that's, um, where I picked up the ride on the capability Brown, which is my, my current advanced and four star horse. Um, so originally our plan was <laughs> Danielle, you'll take him to a two star and then we'll sell him and, and work out what to do from there. Um, and I got him to the two-star level. And like I said, I, I had recently sold my, my other horse that was kind of at the top. Um, and I was like, well, what do you think about me buying him? Cause he's just perfect. And I love him. <laughs> and she was like, I mean, we can make it work. Well, and they've, they have been so wonderful with me and in that horse. And, um, making that work for me. Cause like I said, I didn't have a big chunk of change and, um, you know, Sarah's just such a great mentor and coach and so supportive and, um, really one of the biggest people who's been in my corner, no matter what, making sure I get opportunities. And she put me on that horse and, and made sure that I could keep the ride on him. So that was, um, 
a super that he's just such a super special horse for me to have. Um, and so after Sarah's, I went and we did the whole floor. When I was with Sarah, we did the Ocala in the winter and, um, we were in Berryville in the summers. Um, and then I just made a big switch and I moved to Massachusetts and I worked at, um, myopia hunt club, which, um, is a really prestigious country club up there. And, uh, I ran the stables obviously. <laughs> um, and it was okay. I just, um, it was a really good way to make money, but for me with the goals that I had, I just really need to be in the middle of it. I need to be with the riders. I need to have the competition. I need to have the coaching. Uh, like I love taking lessons. I love learning. I love watching people ride. And, um, there just wasn't enough. You know, I grew up in Fairhill, which like you guys are like, there's not that many event riders there, but when, you know, when you go up North, it's like, wow, this is not anything that I'm used to, you know, there's so many horse people in Fairhill, right. <laughs> and they're like surrounding. Um, I, you know, I just really struggled with that and trying to compete at the upper levels. So, um, I got a job offer to come work at Hunt Club Farms. Um, and I did that for two and a half years and had a great time there. Um, and then just as, as the business grew and, um, we just needed really to expand. And, uh, I only had 13 stalls at Hunt Club and, now at, at my new place in Boise, I have 20 stalls and a lot more turnout. And, you know, I just needed the room to kind of build on, on what I was creating. So i um, super grateful for my time there, but really excited to be at this new farm <laughs> and, and be, you know, taking the next step. When did you, uh, when did you come to your new farm that you're at now? I've been there for two months now. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So not, no, it's pretty, it's pretty recent. And like I said, I, I was at Hunt Club for two and a half years, um, before, which is just in Berryville. Um, so only 20 minutes down the road. Wow. Hmm. You know, I, the, and my, 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 my thing about Fair Hill is in like rising sun Northeast, like where we're all from that, you know, my being so close to Fair Hill, you would think that there would be more four and five star riders. Yeah, like the like the high here. school would be like loaded with them. Yeah. Well, and then and then people that kept on and became yeah. professionals, you know. So like you're yeah. you're the only four star advanced rider I know from the area that's active today, you know? Yeah, you would think that there would be more. I mean, um Danny Warrington grew up in northeast sort of area. Mm-hmm. Um so he would be pretty local, but yeah, yeah, I think most of the people who end up in horses around Fair Hill just end up getting into racing, yeah, yeah. training racehorses, um, which is huge there. Obviously, the training facility is amazing. So, yeah, why not? Good old Danny. I, I uh, you know, we <laughs> obviously we know we've never met really. We've never really met too, which is kind of crazy because she went to school with Robbie yeah. and she's run the neighborhood basically. But we've, never I know, met, but obviously growing up and always going to events is, you know, your name was always on the list and we'd see you. Like I could definitely pick you out of a lineup and I would definitely see you, but we never <laughs> met, you yeah. know, but um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Danny because <clears throat> I, I, one time Danny's, you know, farm was right around the corner from us. Um, yeah. And um, 
He was on Dr. Miller Road for a while. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then he moved to where, um, to um, the Fox, Reynolds farm yeah, right Fox now. Mill. Which is where yeah, Shannon Fox Lily is. Yeah, now. that's where Shannon so is. That's where I, I lived in a camper right next to the indoor Fox <laughs> oh, <did Mill>. you? <laughs> yeah. Nice place. Yeah. Nice place. But yeah. you know, it's funny because like we knew of Danny coming up and, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but growing up, uh, uh, up in the sport, like we didn't know Danny too well. We just saw him. He'd always have a big entourage of riders and mm-hmm. he was kind of like yeah. locally a big deal. And yes, like, you know, he had a lot, he was a big time. Like he had a lot of students and he always had like the, 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 the he is an amazing instructor. Yes. He yeah. really, really is. Yeah. And, and what's cool is, <clears throat> so we really didn't know him and, um, we didn't know much about him. We just were like, Oh wow. You know, I kind of thought Danny was th- thought he was a little, you know, loved himself a little bit. I gotta be honest. Like my perception of Danny was that he thought he was like really cool. But to, to be honest, like right. Like we love Danny. Like we're like, yeah. it's, it's weird how, you make a bad perception of somebody like you, you think yeah, and then you get to know him and you get to know him and you love him. Like we, we yeah. just saw Danny at plantation. We had a great conversation. Then he, his, then we saw him at the restaurant. We saw or? him at our favorite restaurant. <laughs> like, uh, we yeah. loved, we loved Danny and Kelly. Like we love them. We couldn't have been more wrong about. <laughs> it's funny when you don't know somebody and especially in the horse community, it's so easy to form an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> is. Know? Yeah. Well, you know what? And it might be some people that knew him that, that, that you know how there's always attitudes, you know, there might be someone that we knew that knew to him and didn't care for him. And then it was like, you know, so they kind of planted that seed of doubt, you know, but we love Danny and uh, we love what they're doing now with mm-hmm. the land safe. Yeah, and the then he's safe. still lately. I, I was just talking to him. Like he's still doing a little coaching. He's getting. Yeah. He was coaching some, someone at plantation. Yeah, yep. and, 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 you know, so, so he's been coaching yep. again. He's still coaching. He still goes to Texas and teaches clinics. Um, he just did land safe recently over at Hunt Club Farms um, here, and um, I got him to teach us all on Monday. I still ride with him. Um, I like I said, he's he's an amazing coach, um, one of the best coaches I've worked with, really. I and I rode with him for eight years, and I'm still riding with him. So yeah, that's <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> when I saw my plantation, I said, "Are we gonna are you gonna have a horse in this next year?" And he says, "Only if you can wear shorts and flip flops." <laughs> when you're riding. riding, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's much happier now that he's not riding anything they, and just they, uh, yelling at all of us. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> they live a pretty good life. They line up the land safe over and like near the mountains so they can do land safe indoors. Yeah, I was one of the land safe test dummies. So before they realized or I guess while they were figuring out how to use the simulator properly, I got to go over and get knocked off of it about 50 times. Um, and I remember I, I had like a jump lesson. At, I was at Landsafe for like three hours. He knocked me off of the thing like 50 times hard. And then I had a jump lesson that evening with Brian Murphy. And I'm like missing. I, I can't see a distance. I'm like just not doing a good job. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I hit my neck pretty hard. Or- oh. <laughs> and he's like, well, get off the horse. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I had to kind of let them know that was probably 20 too many falls. So- <laughs> 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 they yeah. figured out the good system now to not make everybody so sore the next day. Yeah. But I was the test dummy for all that. <laughs> How about that? Very cool. But, yeah, so- but it was super fun. Yeah, well, we do. We love Danny and Kelly. Yeah. And like I said, we just saw them on Monday night yeah. at the dinner. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's great. To yeah. See I mean, they they were like parents to me, honestly, because yeah. I moved in with them when I was 15. And um, like I said, I had a lot going on at home. So I was just kind of wow. keep me, yeah. keep me, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll just hang out here. <laughs> they are good yeah. people. They are very good people. The uh, yeah. And then he went to Sarah's. Now, Sarah, we love Sarah. And, um, yeah. you know, go figure. I mean, gosh, she, she, she's so tough to do a dressage test, broken up knee like that. She's so tough. She got, she was like, oh, it hurts a little bit. Did the entire dressage test, goes to get off the horse and um, just can't walk. We're all completely devastated. And then the next year is when she actually broke her back and her neck. Uh. So those were like the two worst years for us. And, and uh, you know, we're all so supportive of her and wanting her to be successful. And she had, you know, the right horses and all the support to do it. And it's just can't put the pieces together. We can't make it happen. And you know how it's just frustrating yeah. in the sport. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, um, uh, so we love Sarah too. She's awesome as well, but she was a plantation. I saw her a couple times. So I didn't get a chance. to Yeah. Say hello, I saw so. her from afar, from afar. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, and this is going to sound, hopefully this doesn't sound bad, but when you took the job at the country club, I think, mm-hmm. I think I remember maybe you made like a post about it. Like, Hey, I got this everything. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I hope we see Danielle Polson back eventing again. Cause that was like, I felt like you were just going to like, yeah. And you know what, world. that's really what it felt like. Um, I just, I, there's a lot of really wonderful people in that area that I got to meet. Um, but, and event riders, it just felt like so close. Like I couldn't, I, like I said, I'm such a student. Like I love to sit and learn and, you know, take lessons and watch people ride and, and watch people take lessons. And I just, there wasn't enough of it. Like I grew up in, in an eventing community where it's competitive and you're watching people learn and you're watching people make mistakes. And it just was hard. Like I could have run a really successful, really profitable business, but I just, I wasn't happy enough, you know, and I wasn't happy enough, um, with the way my horses were going and not able to get help to, to fix it, you know, yeah. or to improve it, I should say. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when you're kind of isolated. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a big fish in a small pond. So the opportunity to make money is there. Um, but you know, it's just, it was too small. I hate to say it was small minded for me, but it, it just felt trapped. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Well, I was a little you were, you, were yeah. you, you look, you went with Danny, Danny said, all right, I've taken you as far as I could take you time to move on. Then you went with five-star, you know, eventer and Sarah and, and her program with Brian yeah. at the time. And obviously world-class, you know, operation, yeah. you know, so the best coaching. And I think that's yeah. pretty special that Danny would say to you, Hey, listen, it's time for you to kicked you out of the nest a little bit. Yeah. Well, at the time he was, he was a little bit trying to get out of the sport. He was having his own kind of problems with the sport at the time. Um, so it, it was good timing on all. I, I had been too long anyway, you know, there's always a time where you've got to move on. And like I said, I was there for eight years. I worked for them. Um, and it was a long and hard eight years and they really taught me everything. I, I know that was a first professional barn I worked in. Um, and the most pristine barn that I've worked in to this day, I've worked, you know, with a lot of professionals. I've never walked into a barn that was so everything is very precise. You do everything this way. You don't break from the schedule. You know, if you don't have something to do, we will find you something to do. There is zero time to breathe. (laughs) So, um, and then going, going to Sarah's was actually like, I relaxed a little bit. 
<laughs> so even though I had all the horses at the top level and everything, it was just the atmosphere was a little less tense, which was nice because then I, I kind of realized, okay, it doesn't have to be so wild all the time. But um, <laughs> saying that, Danny had a lot of very difficult horses and that's what he got sent. And so it does, you know, take a certain process to keep people safe when they're working with horses that are dangerous or, um, you know, are difficult. And uh, he had the Will Smith horse at the time that was so, so difficult and made the entire barn tense. Um, so, you know, it totally depends on what you've got in your barn as well. <laughs> you know, right. and you mentioned the, 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 the high school letting you out. Like we, we tried yeah. to get Joe out for like the under 18. They wouldn't let you time. out? Oh, it was, it was difficult. They were not helpful. At really? All. They not. let me right out. They Like I had no problems. It was, it was difficult. And I'm like, this is the career path he's going. So like this, this is important. And then finally, like, I, I sent them a video. This is after he's, they, they were like, okay, you know, you can have a week off and um, sent a video and everything. And they were like, oh, he's serious. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this for the past couple of yeah. years, you know, like. Yeah. He was on that under 18 No, we're just, we're list, just screwing you know, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, they, they, they I don't know. So uh, when you were saying you were able to get out of school for a whole winter, I'm like, what the I heck? Know. Like, yeah, no, I, I left school for five months. Um, and I picked up where I left off, which not as easy as it sounds, my grades on the second half of the year were not very good. It was really hard to pick it back up when you haven't done it, but I didn't do any online school or anything. Um, mostly because I was, I took some high school classes when I was in like eighth grade. So I had enough credits that I would still graduate and everything. I needed like I don't know, three credits or something, something silly. Wow. Um, well, no, Joe wasn't in that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe. What are you doing? Was, uh, do you have any regrets about kind of giving up a lot of your high school years? No. In a, no. <laughs> no regrets about it. I, I was just, um, it's not that I was a bad student or anything. It's just not what I was interested in. Um, and I just felt like I was wasting my time. So, and come to find out I was. <laughs> and just, and just so everyone gets an idea. Now. Just everyone gets an idea of the type of school that our kids went to. And, and, and uh, yeah, my parents really wanted, wanted me to, to go to college too. Um, and they, you know, were supportive with the horse thing, but they were like, how are you going to pay for this? It's, I mean, we all know how much it costs. Um, and I thank God I was just a little bit ignorant and dumb. And I was like, I'm just going to make it happen. <laughs> and I did, but a little bit of ignorance was, was good at yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rising Sun high school. It's a little rednecky. Mm -hmm. The last day of yep. school. You, what, 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 on the last day of school, what's everyone who has one drive to school? Do you remember? Tractors. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, tractor day. Uh, and tractor. we do the senior scoot too, where you drive yep. your scooter. Yep. Yep. The senior <laughs> scoot. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you see, you'll see all types of tractors in the in the parking lot. That's yeah. pretty funny when you see the convoy. And kids going down the road with their scooters. Yeah. They're <laughs> not motors, not like no, motorized scooters. The, the little no, real scooters. real scooters. <laughs> so you would not believe. I mean, have you seen all the Amish people that moved in the neighborhood? No. Oh, it's yeah. all Amish around here now. It's incredible. Really? Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. it's crazy. 
That's wild. A lot of, lot of Amish. We have Amish all over. When they put one day, I'm driving home from from work or something, and I saw there was an Amish buggy sign right on the main highway, and I said. That was not there yesterday, you know, <laughs> but yeah, the Amish are all over. It's crazy. They moved in. Better than development. Yes. 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 But it must've been oh Amish goodness. church. My dog is standing at the door crying. Oh, Hold go ahead. Okay. Go get the dog. Oh, sorry. Let's, we're going to bring the dog in. I can hear her. <laughs> all right. You think I'm going to lay down? I'm going to lay down. Lay down. What's the dog's <laughs> name? Who's the doggy? She's wild. Lay What's down, her name? Lay down. She never has any problems, but tonight she's like, she I want to be with you. She wants no. to be with her mom. Very she knows she hears the conversation. She wants to be in part. So, I mean, our, my, my, my dog's licking my toes right now. So if that's any consolation. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> See, my, my boyfriend Mario is just so wild about any noise during his podcast. You yeah. could like open a door and he'd be like, stop. No. <laughs> well, speaking of podcast, it is September's International Podcasting Month. Uh, you said your boyfriend's a podcaster. So just, just for... What's the name of his podcast and what's it about? It's Two Wheeled Rider um, and it's a motorcycle podcast. Um, he does cross country trips. Um, they do a lot of um, like testing out different bikes, um, wow. dirt bikes. They talk about MotoGP races, pretty much anything motorcycles. Um, but he mostly does the cross country road trips. He went um, all the way to California, down to Mexico this year. On and back on his bike for two weeks. So that's that's kind of his thing. They just all over in all over the social medias right now is this like I don't know if it's like F one bike or what it is, but it's like that high speed like super super speed bikes. And this guy they were qualifying, and this is totally off topic, but this is crazy. You talk about bad sportsmanship. This guy comes in the pit, but it's a qualifying, so I guess it has to do with like their time. And these two guys from a different team walked over. And as the guy takes off from his pit, they've reached in and hit his kill switch on his bike, <gasps> which turned his bike off, reset his computer. So he was like oh. dead. So they had to back him up. So those guys got like fine hundred thousand dollars and, and like are suspended for a couple of races, but it's like, you want to talk about oh, bad good. sportsmanship. Yeah. Like, this is like, yeah, some of that stuff's crazy. So I asked him about that. I'm curious if he's seen, I know he's seen it. He's got to, if I, if it's come across my social, it's got to come across his. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he knows something about it. Yeah. He's obsessed with motorcycles. That's I'm sure he thinks that I sound the same way when I'm talking about. Horses. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sometimes we just face each other out. I hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, Hey, so let's talk about the current business. So you mentioned that you do a lot of like, so tell us again, tell us about the farm where you're at and then what type of business you operate. I know you said you do a lot of, um, uh, a lot of resale and stuff like that. Can you tell us a little bit about everything you have going there? Yeah. So I'm at long branch, um, stables, which is in Boyce, Virginia. Um, and we do mostly just training and sales right now. Um, my sales business has really grown, um, not only in quantity, but also in quality. So that has been really fun over the past couple of years to, to get some nicer quality horses in. Um, and yeah, we train everything from young horses. I do a lot of off the track thoroughbreds. Um, but really my biggest focus right now is getting more quality horses into the barn because you can train plenty of horses, but if the quality is not there, that's really, you know, not going to help your business at the end of the day. <laughs> so luckily I have enough business that I can be a little bit selective at this point um, and what we're bringing in and get some really nice sales. So that's been really fun. That's fantastic. 
So are you taking in, are you taking horses that you're finding and then you're training and, and flipping, or are you taking in sales horses for clients? I mostly do clients. Um, a couple, like I just sold one that I had bought as a resale and I'll, I'll keep doing that having, you know, at least one of my own, that'll be a resale. Um, but mostly just for clients is the majority of my business. Gotcha. Okay. And then capability, Brian, you mentioned that horse. Tell us a little bit about that horse and and what you guys got going in there. Yeah. So, um, I actually debuted him at the four-star level at Jersey fresh last year. Um, and so that was, you know, our first kind of four-star experience. Um, and so this year was a little bit slower. Um, I was kind of dealing with whether or not I, I sell him to get, you know, some startup to try to get in some, mostly what I was trying to do was get enough money that I could import some horses and then do some resales and make some money and buy start buying some nice quality horses for myself. And, you know, with his age and what he's done, I thought I could make enough money to do that. Um, Come to find out he, um, in the vetting, I had him sold to a a lovely young rider. um, And in the vetting, he just has a cyst in his navicular, which is fine. (laughs) Like the horse is super sound, but I totally understand um, them not wanting to purchase him. Um, so I kind of was struggling, well, what do I do? Do I lease him? I don't really want to do that because that's not really the the right amount of money to do what I'm trying to do. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ride him. I know my horse. I know he's sound. He's plenty fit and scopy and well enough to compete at the top level. Um, and so um, mostly just using him as a, as a mileage horse right now to get me out and doing it. Um, you know, having a horse at that level is so important, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, just as far as getting your name out and getting the experience um, and not having to start over and wait for five years to get back to that level. So um, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep him and ride him for another year and, and see what happens. And um, he is an like I said, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful horse. He's a great cross-country horse. Um, I've had a couple little mishaps in our last couple that we've tried to do. Um, great Meadow, I retired, and then I had a fall early on the course last weekend at Plantation. Um, and he's just, he'll just do whatever I tell him to do. Like, he's just so obedient. <laughs> and I struggle a little bit at this level myself mentally just knowing that I belong at the level if that's understandable um and so I've been really working on that part of the sport I know I, I've done a million three stars I've done all the inter- intermediates and I've you know am plenty ready to be at this level but going out the box and doing it is a whole different thing um so I think for the rest of this year for him, I'm just going to do the three short at Morvin. Um, I'm going to do, there's like an AI at Virginia. Um, and then I'll see, I'm if I do a long format at the end of the year, I'll probably do try on, but I might just train on him for the rest of the year and, and plan on bringing him back out at the four-star level in the spring. You know, there's no really any reason to rush at this level. So I just want to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row for when I bring them back out. Um, 
like I said, he's he's an excellent, excellent horse, but um, this level is hard enough for him and I need to really be there for him. Mm. So we're, we're going to go work on it and go do back you, to the drawing board and come back out. <laughs> is it, is, do you think it's just, you, you, you need a little bit more mileage at, uh, yeah. To, and so. he's, like I said, he's a great mileage horse. Um, but he hasn't, he hasn't competed at the four star level either. And, um, he's so incredibly obedient and soft. Like I ride him in a snaffle. He's the lightest horse in the world. If he, he can change his canter in an instant, He's not something that's just going to drag you into the fence and all you got to do is wait. You really need to make a decision and have a really thoughtful ride. So um, if I get out there and I don't quite see it or I'm a little bit off, it's really hard to be precise enough for him at that level. And um, it just caught up with me this weekend at Plantation. I I made a mistake and um, like the horse was so smart and um, got himself out of the way. but is just enough for me to be like, okay, we need a little bit of regrouping time, go back, work on this. And then I'll bring him back out in the spring. Uh, that's and look, it's the sport. Yeah. The sport's tough. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's brutal. It's so yeah. tough. And like oh, moving up to the four-star level is so tough. Nobody tells you that they say <laughs> prelims are hard move up. And Sarah, she was laughing at me this weekend. Uh, we're walking the course at plantation um, or maybe it was great meadow. doesn't matter. I, I was walking around with my eyes halfway out of my head, like, Oh, this looks humongous. And she's like, you know, Danielle, we just needed to throw you around these courses when you were like 16 and you didn't know any better, you know, too much now. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, and it all goes back to that ignorance is bliss, right? Like I wouldn't have known. Um, you know, she was running around five stars when she was 18 on her pony club horse. So wow. She, she, you know, I'm sure she looks back and she's like, I had no business doing that, but it really makes you that much braver. And then you've had the experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm feeling like a, a little bit late in the game at the four-star level, as far as, you know, wishing I'd done more at this point, but at the same time, I'm such a, it's such a personal sport to me. So, um, I don't really care how long it takes it'll happen when it happens and like i said my horse is so he's so much fun to ride because he's just so soft and and rideable and all i have to do is ride him better <laughs> so as long as i can fix myself he'll he'll help me out so yeah i know it feels like you might be feeling like you're a little old but you're not you're you're you're, you're <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> you know, you're Sometimes, i mean you know it just knocks you down enough and you're like oh maybe i'm just not getting getting there <laughs> but no. But it'll come around. Yeah. It'll come. You, you got plenty of time. It. No problem. Yeah. No problem at all. <laughs> no problem at all. All right. So, Danielle, we are going to play Quick Fire Questions. Quick Fire Questions. And Quick Fire Questions is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. Get your all-weather outerwear by going to redandgoatequestrian.com. All right. So, it's five questions. Uh, you don't have to be quick. But is very strict crating at the end. Yes. You think oh, no. four star is nerve wracking. Yeah, I know. Night. Watch out. This is where it's Watch really, out. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> I feel <laughs> nervous. <laughs> All right. So first question. Favorite rider growing up? Favorite rider growing up. I'm going to go with Mary King. Okay. Yeah. Just when I, I remember watching her on TV and she, when 
first and second at Rolex. And I just write in my heart. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I want to do that one day. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. I think I might be yeah. our first American. Yeah, it's, it is. I was thinking that too. Good answer. All right. All right. If eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you want to do? See, this is hard because I've worked really hard at my show jumping. So I do feel like I could fit into the show jumping category. But I mean, I'm going to go with dressage because upper level dressage horses are really amazing. And, um, you know, to be able to do like one tempies and pee off and passage and all that, that would be wild. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah, it would be fun. That would be cool. All right. What is uh best piece of riding advice you were ever given? Best piece of riding advice? Is it specific yeah. to riding or just in? In general. Um, okay. I'm going to do a, a, a Danny quote that's stuck with me. Um, because, uh, it was when I was trying to move up to the three-star level on my little thoroughbred horse and I was having the worst lesson ever. He made me walk for like two hours and just walk and halt and walk and halt for like two hours. I mean, he taught another lesson while I was doing this. And at the end of it, he walks up to me and I'm, I'm so frustrated. And he says, you asked me to help you get to a three-star on an off-the-track thoroughbred that you paid $1,200 for. I'm sorry. It's hard. <laughs> so I think that's the quote. I'm sorry. It's hard. I'm sorry. It's hard. That that's sounds the, like Danny. Yes, it does. That's, that's the riding advice, right? It's just it's hard. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So what is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? One thing about myself that most people don't know. Um, I am like really into working out. <laughs> That's something that a lot of people in the riding community probably don't know. I work out like I'm kind of a psychopath. I uh, go to 5 a.m. classes four or five days a week. Um, and I just started doing two personal training sessions and I'm just like a little bit obsessed with it. So wow. what are the, what are the <laughs> 5 a.m. classes? something that not a lot of people know about me. <laughs> what is the 5 a.m. class? Is that like a CrossFit or? It's a, like strength training and cardio. Wow. But it's like, is that yeah. like a group class type of thing? It's a group class. Um, but I started doing two privates a week. Um, the gym that I um, work out at, it's a sports performance gym. So uh, James is the trainer there and he's a, doing some more specific to riding exercises with me during my privates now. Oh, that's cool. But, yeah, I love it. I'm sort of obsessed with it now. I that's get really awesome. grumpy if I don't go. You should join the, the, get on the, I don't know if you're in our group, like major league eventers group. And then we have a fit club in the group and yeah, we got to join the group and then post like your workouts and do stuff like that and motivate people. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing like a, if I got like certified as a personal trainer and doing like a rider fitness thing, um, I just think it would be really fun. That'd so cool. we'll yeah. see. Well, get on the fit club on the group and just share pictures and share your journey and stuff. I could do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so far, it's just me, basically. Ty Burke a little bit. And, you know, yeah. Coach Sando gets on there a little, yeah, bit. A little bit. Every yeah. once in a while, you put a picture yeah. up. We need more people active in that. Yeah, so the Major League Eventers group, go to MLE Fit Club and get out there. Support each other. Support it. 
Work Gotta out. support each other. All right. So last question. <laughs> <laughs> if you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? I could ride any horse. Oh, you know what horse I love? Um, classic Moe. Ooh. Janelle Price's horse. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's just, she's so smart and she's so quick on her feet. She's so fast, so clever. I love that mare. That would be, that would be the horse. I think, That's I right. think she would sue me. Very good. <laughs> I probably couldn't ride one half of her, but I think no, she would sue me. I'm Aww. sure you could. I'm sure. I like Karen. tiny little, little horses that run fast and are light on their feet. There you, there go. you go. And what, she's like 18 years old? Yeah, I think like she's... 17, 18 now. Yeah, I forget that. Yeah. I think she's made time at like every five star she's done. Yeah. It's incredible. What yeah. a horse. She's pretty she's pretty amazing. Pretty good jockey too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Amazing jockey. I would say A plus plus. A plus yeah, plus. <laughs> the crowd love the answers. <laughs> Listen to them go. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, so Danielle, do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in this sport? Oh, this is a good one. Um, I'm going to say focus on yourself and, and try to see like your struggles a little bit as, as an opportunity, because I feel like a lot of the times in this sport, we're comparing ourselves, especially the younger kids are comparing themselves to the, the next kid that has a really fancy horse or, um, maybe they think has more opportunities than, than they have. Um, and it's just really that it's hard for everybody. Um, can you hear my dog? In the no, no, he's fine. He's fine. We're cool with She's dogs. On yeah, the I mean, like we're, we're cool with it actually. Cause I think that, um, I think most people listening are horse people yeah. and they have a dog. And of course have- she's like, I'm anxious now. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. We're She's good. good. Don't She's worry all right. Don't worry. What's her name? What's her name? Tallulah. 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 I like that name. That's a cute name. Tallulah's all good. She's just a member of the, she's on the, she's on the guests. No, I think, so, um, I think as I was growing up, um, and struggling with this, you know, comparing yourself to the rider next to you and, and, um, what they have versus what you have. And you really need to take a step back because with, with all the, with all the money and with all the horses that you get and all the opportunities that you get comes a lot of pressure and they're dealing with a ton of pressure that, you know, me, I'm lucky if I got my third, my little off the track thoroughbred around a prelim, everybody's like happy and supportive of me where, you know, you buy a really expensive horse that's pressure. And you're just trying to learn at the level, you know, it, it's just hard for everybody. Right. And then, you've got the whole young rider thing going on and you're worried about making the team and doing all that. I'm just like, just put your head down. You have the horse that you have and work on that and, and do the best you can do and get really good help. Cause that's the most important thing. You have to have someone in your corner. You have to have someone preferably who's in the sport doing the things and well-respected in your corner. Um, and you know, it really comes down to your circle and how willing you are to just put your head down and do the work. Um, and the more you get caught up in that, well, well, this person has that horse and this person gets to do these things and, and has all these opportunities, you're missing out on the opportunities that are right in front of you. Yeah. 
you know, like I was teaching lessons when I was 14 because I didn't have any other way to pay for it. Right. But all of a sudden I know how to teach lessons and I know how to sell horses because I was selling horses at a young age, you know, and, and those are vital things to learn when you're, when you're trying to run a business, which at the end of the day, you have to be able to run a business. You can't just be a rider. So Excellent unfortunately, I wish we could all just be yeah. riders. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that if you is have all the fantastic. funding and, and you can be just a rider, then good for you. But it, if you're trying to run a business and be successful doing it, you really just need to put your head down and focus on yourself yeah. and your horse. Yeah. Good, good, good advice. I like Very it. good I advice. Love it. love it, love it, love it, love it. So um, we'll start winding things down here. But we always like to just uh, have a couple of closing questions. We always like to just ask about sponsors, supporters, anybody like that in your corner that you'd like to shout out. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, I ride in CWD Saddles. Um, I've been with them since I was working for Sarah. I think I've signed with them in 2018. Um, very well-known saddle brand, French Saddles. Um, just amazing, insanely comfortable saddles and lucky to work with them. Um, I'm also work with Millwood Equestrian and Kathy Fredrickson, who makes sure my saddles fit perfectly. Um, she, Kathy is not only an amazing saddle fitter, but all parts of horse anatomy and tack. I've learned so much just about making bridles fit and girthing and, and, uh, the pro light pads and all that kind of stuff has been huge, especially with all the sensitive creatures I get in, you know, capability Brown Brown is a very, very sensitive thoroughbred. So she's helped me a ton making him comfortable. Um, I ride in fleece works pads, which is the best because it is so breathable and important to have a pad that doesn't heat up on your horse's back, especially when they're galloping. <laughs> um, flexible fit equestrian, um, is all my bridles and breastplates and, um, they uh, are a newer sponsor to me. I just started working with them about a year ago, and I've been just so happy with all the tack. Um, everything uh, is measured out, so you can get a completely custom bridle. Um, like I said, very sensitive horse needs all the custom pieces to make him happy. <laughs> so they've been great working with me on that. Um, and I just kind of started working with Beamer recently, the Beamer Blankets. Um, which has made a huge difference for for my advanced horse in the dressage, um, just quieting him down and keeping him comfortable. Um, Lisa Bell um, just started lending me a blanket, and it's it's been a total game changer. So I'm, I'm really excited about that, and I hope I can continue that relationship with them. So very cool, good list, yeah, very good list. That's awesome, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> So last question, we always like to just ask about how people follow along, anything like that, that people, um, you know, how, how do people follow along? People want to, people want to work with you. People want to see any horses that you have for sale. People want to follow your journey, maybe get lessons or, or all of the above. How, how do people follow along? Yeah, I would say biggest would be Facebook, especially all my sales videos are go right on Facebook. Um, and uh, people ask me about advertising a lot and Facebook and all the groups are really the the biggest way to advertise right now um, that I have found personally. Um, and obviously Instagram. So um, those would be the two biggest ways to follow along. What are the handles? Like how do people, like what, what are the, what do people type? Um, it's uh, Pulse and Eventing 
is the Instagram handle and um, Daniel Polson or Daniel Polson eventing on Facebook. All right. All right. There we are. Daniel Polson eventing on Facebook. So yep. we'll link that up. We'll put a little link mm-hmm. so people don't even yeah, have to. That would be amazing. Just go Thank click you. right from depending on the player <laughs> people listen to, they can actually click it, but sometimes it's written in, but either way, people yeah. listen to the show. So, and yep. Still got to. Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah. I can't believe we had a, like, we took, have took this long, took this long and you're local and all that. <laughs> so we're, we're just so rooting for you. Um, thank you so much. You give such thoughtful answers and we just really appreciate it. And, um, you know, so we just can't wait to, um, see it back. You got to come back and do like, can you do like the three star at the five star? Can, do you have any? Yeah. Do that? So, um, I was originally entered in the three long there, but I'm going to do the three short at Morven and it's just too close. So I'll come watch. I, I We have tickets. My dad bought tickets. He loves going to Fairhill. So that's kind of like our thing that we've been doing ever since I was young. Yeah. Um, so we'll go watch. But unfortunately, I won't be riding this time. If I do the long, I'll go to try on just because it works out better. Yeah. Not being so close to, well, to Morgan. Yeah. Well, hey, the plan. Sadly. You have to fit everything into your plans. Right. So. Awesome. Well, I, we'll I be really need to go do the three star at Fairhill at some point point because the first time i tried to do it i got eliminated and the second time i fell off at fence five so and it's my home turf so yeah man (laughs) at some point i'm gonna have to redeem myself yeah well now the three stars on that other side you know the the, during the five star that's on the new i know yeah really awesome so well thank you so much this is fantastic yeah it sure is thank you guys so much for inviting me it's been fun Please like and follow Major League Eventing on Facebook and Instagram and join the Major League Eventers group on Facebook.